Oilers point guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, and you're also listening to another episode of Locked on Magic, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making these shows your first listen every single day. It's what we do five days a week, Monday through Friday, so make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked on Blazers slash Magic, your team every day. I am joined for a special crossover edition by host of Locked on Magic, Phil Rossman reich Phil, how you doing? I am doing great. Uh, happy, happy to happy to just have something to talk about because you know the basketball right now isn't isn't so great. Hey, listen, we're in the same boat. <laughs> um, I think maybe the Magic had a little more, uh, uh, less rocky end of the season, but once you get into May, it's been a long time since we've watched an NBA basketball game with um, our teams that we cover involved in any in any meaningful way. So. I'm thankful to do these. I've done a bunch of these fake trade shows, so we're going to do another one today. What brought us here together is what brought us here today is the um, is the, the holy matrimony of two teams separated by 2,800 miles. Uh, a a trade that has kind of been floating around the internet. I will say the first person I saw it from was listener Scott. Shout out to Scott for sending me this email. Then I heard it on Sam Vecini's podcast. Then I saw John Hollinger write about it in the Athletic. This is in the zeitgeist and the deal that we will discuss kind of vaguely and then specifically in the show involves the Portland Trailblazers, owners of the number three pick in the NBA draft, sending that to the Orlando Magic in exchange for number six and number 11. And then a swap of two big men, Yusuf Nurkic heading to Disneyland and Wendell Carter Jr. coming out here to the rain in Portland. Um, Phil, this is a big thing, and you were telling me this is a big thing in Magic World too, in the Magic sort of basketball sphere. When, where has this popped up for for you and your folk? Yeah, I mean, obviously those national outlets ha- have been talking a little bit about it, but you know, I think I think a lot of Magic fans see uh, the players at the top of this draft as two guys that can help this team kind of take that next step. And and really, you know, from the Magic perspective, that's what this next season is, is is trying to take that next step into playoff contention. And, you know, we have Paolo Bancaro, the rookie of the year, uh, a guy that looks very much like a star. Want A lot of Magic fans just want one more bite at the apple, one more top guy to add to this group with, Fra- you know, Franz Wagner, Paolo Bancaro, probably the two main guys, and have that be the core of the team that they can begin to, to build around over the next two, three years to get them not just into the playoffs, but yes, title contention as far away as and, and impossible as that's that seems, you need talent to do it. And so picking sixth is great, but this is really a three, you know, as a one player draft, but there are two other players that are at least in the conversation among the, the top, top tiers. And so to have another bite at that apple, I think is something that that is attractive to a lot of fans. Yeah, I mean, so let, let me get your thoughts on this. Are you, it seems like Scoot is sort of ready-made for what the Magic want to do. If Scoot Henderson is off the board at two because Charlotte just says, let's take let's take him because he's good and worry about fit later. If Brendan Miller is there, are, does that change your personal interest in the, in the number three overall pick? I think, I mean, I think that Brandon Miller is really, really interesting um, because he does seem like he's the kind of player that can fit into these kind of three big uh, into a three big lineup like the Magic would would have to play to to play him. I, I agree the fit isn't perfect, but the talent is undoubtedly there. You know the the biggest need that the Magic have is shooting. They, they, they've right. been a poor three point shooting team ever since Dwight Howard was traded. They they need guys who can just make a make an open shot sometimes. Uh, and so among the top three guys, you know at least between Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson. 
Brendan Miller is by far the better shooter. You know, if, if, if the Magic are tempted at six to take one of these more developing future stars like uh, Amen or Sar Thompson, if they fall that far, their shooting has a long way to go. And so if, if the Magic do want to swing big in this draft, if they want to try and clear the fences, hit a home run, hit a triple, you know, round the bases, if we're going to continue that metaphor a little bit longer, Brandon Miller seems like he's the guy to, that, that, that would fill a big need that that's missing in this lineup. Personally, I'm skeptical of it um, because I think right now the Magic have to do a better job kind of building and surrounding their key players, and that's Franz Wagner and Paolo Bancaro, with the right guys. And we saw earlier in the in this season when the Magic had a lot of injuries, they started Bull Bull with Paolo Bancaro and Franz Wagner. Franz lost a lot of his defensive edge trying to guard twos. And yes, there's a lot of switching in the NBA today, but I, I, I don't know if that puts Franz Wagner in the best place for him to develop because you have to remind, remember, he's also a really young player that has a, that has a high upside. Also, like if if uh, you come down the court and you already have a mismatch, you're not going to hunt a switch. You're not going to say like, yeah. "Oh, this dude's a four guarding twos. Let's just go. Like, don't don't set a screen. Let's see if he can guard me." Um, and and yeah, it's it, it's uh, I'm with you. I I think there is a world in which people think Brandon Miller can guard two through four. Um, it's just like he's probably not going to be able to do that in October. So, um, like, you know, it's, it, it, it's defense is really hard for young players in the league. Like it's just, it's just really, it's really hard. You, you kind of mentioned this and I want to, I want to touch on this a little bit more. The magic are, they were kind of the internet darlings. Everybody enjoyed the magic this year. I think it's been a long time <laughs> since that was the case. <laughs> Understatement of the century. <laughs> yeah. I think it's been 15 years, roughly 14, I guess 2010 was the last time people truly believed. Um, <laughs> but what do they want to do? Like, is this a team that is comfortable being like cycling down a year? Are they, are they going to chase eighth next year? Like what, what is the, what are the magic doing and how will that kind of inform how they would treat, how would they would approach specifically this trade and sort of more broadly this whole off season? Yeah. I mean, I, I think this is, you know, I don't think this is, this isn't maybe the reason why I'm skeptical that they would try and trade up to three, because I think that's a little bit of a bigger swing than I think they, they want to take, especially with the assets that it would take to probably to get to three. But I do think the magic are at least very serious about flirting with potentially being a playoff team next year. I'm um, Paolo Bancaro said this during, during his rookie of the year acceptance ceremony in you know, magic had a big to do at, at their practice facility to give Paolo the trophy. You know, he said, even through the first week of the playoffs that he and his teammates were all talking and they believe it's playoffs or bust next year. Like they, they believe that they are really close to a postseason birth. Um, you know, this season, you know, to most of the NBA 34 wins, isn't a big deal. And, and you're right. It isn't a big deal, but they improved from 22 wins. They were 29 and 28 over the last 57 games. They started the year five and 20 because of injuries to their entire point guard point guard room. Um, I don't know if they, you know, to football, football, football reference there, I guess, but um, all their point guards are out. They really, really struggled. They got off to a five and 20 start. They, they couldn't recover from that. 29 and 28 would have put them seventh, I think in the Eastern conference uh, the rest of the way. So this is a, this is a young group that I think use is using this season as confidence. say like, Hey, we can compete. We can win a little bit. And, and especially in this Eastern conference, we are right. We can be right in the mix and we can, we can beat a lot of teams. They got a long way to go. They got a long way to grow. And I don't think it's a sure thing that they get there, but I do think the way the magic are going to approach this summer is they're going to do things. I think to put their team in the best spot to make that run, they're not going to get in the way and say like, Hey, we want one more year. We want one more bite at the apple. We want one more lottery pick. 
I, I think this team has moved beyond that. I think this team wants to take that leap into play in contention. Let's, 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 let's think small, small, maybe, finishing but, eighth baby. Yeah. Yeah. But, but they're yeah. a young team. They were the third youngest right. team in the league last year. That's where they should be at this, at this stage of their development. And they should be again, learn. And again, using the season to learn, okay, what is the, what does the playoff magic look like? Um, they don't know. They don't know that answer yet. And, and the only way to find out is to actually play games. Yeah, it's like um, they got. I'm gonna have to ask Gary Harris. Hey, hey, what's hey, G? Well, what are the, what are the playoffs like, G? Uh, yeah, so it's literally the I, only one on the roster that's been there. I was just off the top of my head. I was like, I cannot think of anyone who's has playoff experience other than my boy G, um, a, a legend, a, a Nuggets legend. Uh, so I want. I think so. I've I've done a couple of these fake trade shows. Uh, That's what I've been doing because the Blazers have three. It's a shiny new toy, and they've got a they've got plans they have larger they have big 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 picture dreams They're not of rebuilding good in a hurry i mean maybe they should like i think there's a lot of the fan base that thinks they should but they're that's not what they want to do as a as a as an organization they want to build around damian lillard for the umpteenth million time and and give him a chance and they feel like under the new new front office this is the you know they've been kind of cycling down the last two years to give themselves a spot i i think this trade why it appeals to me and i want to talk about this in the second segment is like this is a chance to do step one of four <laughs> and you, and they're kind of in a space where they need to set themselves up to have four steps. So uh, let's talk about this trade. Let's talk about the, how it appeals to the Blazers and if, if we can get the magic on board, but first let's talk about prize picks. You want to win a million dollars? Well, from now, through the NBA Finals, one Prize Picks user will get a chance to become a millionaire. One entry placed at 8 a.m. Eastern, after, excuse me, after 8 a.m. Eastern, don't get up too early, will be randomly selected each day. Whoever placed that entry will be given a six pick flex with the following payouts. If you get six correct picks, you win a million bucks. You get five out of those six, you get $80,000, and four out of six, $16,000. For full details, you can go to prizepicks.com slash a million. You must opt in at that link, prizepicks.com slash million prizepicks.com slash million to be eligible for the million dollar entry. Once you opt in, all you have to do is play the game like normal and you could be a lucky winner. So why not get involved every day? And the best way to get involved is just to download the PricePix app or go to pricepicks.com and sign up to play the daily fantasy sports. First time users receive a hundred percent instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars with the promo code locked on. So if you deposit a hundred bucks, they're going to give you a hundred bucks, you deposit 50 bucks, They'll give you 50 bucks. Don't forget, use that promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars, and you could be winning a million bucks just by playing every single day. All right. Chatting here with Philip Rossman, Reich, host of Locked On Magic, site expert at Orlando Magic Daily. Yeah, we got your credits in the second segment. That's what we're doing here. <laughs> we didn't get your credits up top. Credits in the second segment. Phil, as long um, as it gets said. As long as it gets said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. They had to wait 12 minutes. Stick with the program, baby. Um, so I think for my listeners and for yours, the Trailblazers have uh, the third pick in the NBA draft. You may be familiar with it. It's 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 shiny and special, and they think it's this big trade piece. But they don't want a 19-year-old in part because – their star player said, "That's enough with nineteen-year-olds." That's that, or it's it's a direct quote. He said that he said that route is not my route. That's not um, 
that's not like a trade demand, but it is a pretty clear direction. That my man is pointing to the beach. It is that away. You got to follow him. He doesn't want to get a teenager, even a special teenager. He wants them to cash in this pick three for a big splash trade. Now, I have done other shows where I have pitched trades for Mikhail Bridges and uh, Pascal Siakam. I don't like the Siakam trade. Um, he's uh, entering the last year of his contract. I think offering Amphrey Simons and three for Pascal Siakam is just a risk not worth taking that you will regret. I think the trade for Mikhail Bridges is probably an overpay. But at some point, you kind of just have to overpay if you're going to go this direction. And if you're committed to building with Dame, this is kind of what you have to do. Whatever is that good process, good plan, whatever. That's a debate for another show that we will do later this week. But like, that's the direction that they seem to clearly be leaning, right? That, that's the direction they seem to clearly be leaning. That's why I like this fake trade that listener Scott and Sam Bassini and John Hollinger and others have cooked up. Because this would give the Blazers, they trade out of three, they get six and 11. And trading six and Anthony Simons could probably net you something similar. Maybe not as shiny, but something similar. And then you still have 11 to either draft or trade. So you want to package 11 with some other parts and you can make another move. They've still got 23. They can add. They don't have to go all in and trade it all at once. They have a chance to have sort of incremental chances to get better. But it is in many ways dependent on the magic playing ball because it takes two to tango. And so you mentioned the magic don't really want to dip down again, right? It strikes me that trading to three and getting, let's call it Brandon Miller, right? Like just for the sake of it, because it seems like Scoot's going to go to as of we're recording this on the evening of May 21st. Um, this stuff changes. There's a, this is lying season. Folks are out there lying. So um, it, things may change, but as of right now, kind of seems like it's going to be Miller at three. Would the Magic consider it and why? And then we'll get into the center swap after that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, just from a talent perspective, you know, I think they have to consider it because at, sure. at the end of the day, you know, I said all those things that, that they're 29 and 28. This was still a team that did not, I think, won three games in a row once after their December win streak. They, 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 they're a 500 team. Right. And I think that it's still pretty clear that this team still needs a talent upgrade. You know, there's still spots where they can get better. You know, we'll get to the center stuff, but I think there are real questions about whether Wendell Carter is a playoff center. Um, you know, Markel Fultz has a lot of the same questions. Is he a playoff point guard? Like he's nice in the spots where he's nice, but is this a guy that's going to get you over the get you over the hump and get you in the postseason and and then thrive in the postseason? Because at the end of the day, that's what you're trying to build. You're trying to build a, a playoff team, and you think you have a centerpiece in Paolo Bancaro. You think you have another another good piece in Franz Wagner. And you just got to figure out how everyone fits together. And so, you know, is Brandon Miller the right fit? Like I said earlier, I have my questions. And I think the Magic want to be a little bit more focused with what they're going after and 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 what they add to this group. They're not looking to just mush talent together and see how it works and figure out what the problems are and, and then make moves. I think they feel like we can start, you know, kind of seeing what this team looks like. Maybe it's not fully formed. Maybe it needs some edges sanded down, but I think they see what their playoff team looks like. And, and look, Brandon Miller is very much a magic type player. Maybe they do feel like, Hey, Brandon Miller is going to be better than Franz Wagner. Add How long is his now, wings, what's his wingspan? Yeah. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't get measured at the combine, unfortunately. So that's the, that's the mystery. Can he play for the magic um, without a wingspan measurement? That's crazy. I know it's, it's, it's insane. It's insane. Um, But you know, it's, it's possible that maybe they see 
him as a better as a better fit next to Paolo than Franz because of his shooting or, or because of his size or because of whatever. And, and they could say, let's piece it together now. And, you know, we have one in reserve to trade for the big star, which, you know, might be the trade that's, you know, step three and four of this, this process that the Magic are in right now. Um, maybe that's something we talk about a little bit later. Um, yeah. But, um, but, but I, I, I'm still very skeptical that Miller's the guy that they would move up for. Now, obviously you have six and 11, that gives you a little bit of power to, to, to dictate some things in this draft. And, and, you know, maybe it's, you know, another thing that I've said is they don't need, they don't, they probably don't need to use both these draft picks. They can probably, they, they shouldn't probably, they, right. They probably should use the, use one of their picks at least to get a veteran. If they can combine both of them to move up and get a veteran player, that's probably the best way. I, I know something that I'm thinking about a little bit is kind of doing what you're doing it, or what you're, what you're saying to players that should do have your foot in both waters. Add one rookie, trade a lot, trade one of the picks for a ve- for a veteran, and and use and use that to add to the roster. So, it, it it's definitely something you have to think about because the talent, you know, at the end of the day, talent wins in this league, and yeah. and you can make talent work together, especially with the way basketball is played today, with so much versatility. And Brandon Miller is a versatile enough guy that you can at least make it work for a little bit while you're figuring things out. Yeah, and I think there is a safe bet that he'll be better than who you get at six. And like that, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, at some point it's like, okay, let's just do it. And, 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 and get there. Let's talk about the center swap. Blazer fans are ready to get rid of Yusuf Nurkic. Wendell Carter appeals to me, but I think the idea of Wendell Carter is really fun. Uh, Functionally, Wendell Carter isn't ideal. Why don't you think he's, would you do the trade? Like, let's just start there. Would you do this trade? If it was on the table, would you do it? I don't think I would do this trade right now. Um, Why not? You know, I think uh, I a I think the contract situation with with Nurkic compared to Wendell is it's not ideal for this Magic team. Well, yes, Orlando has some money to spend right now, but Wendell Carter's contract is so nice. Um, yeah, it's, for a young it's guy, front, right, it's yeah. front loaded. I think he's making like thirteen this year. It's going to be down to like eleven by the end of his contract. Um, he gives he's just such a solid player. He gives you some versatility. He can step out on the perimeter and shoot a little bit. So he's he gives like Paolo and Franz all the free space that they want in the paint. Um, however, I will say this. I think that Yusuf Nurkic might be a better playoff center than Wendell Carter is because of the physicality that he brings. You know, Wendell, I love Wendell. I think he's he could be a really great player. He's kind of rediscovered himself in Orlando, become the jack of all trades that everyone thought he was in the draft process. But he doesn't always bring the physicality that you need. And, and I do have some questions about especially because he's not much of a rim protector. He's very right. much a positional defender and he's usually in the right spots and he's usually able to switch out and, and do all the things that you need him to do. But I do wonder when you get into the playoffs, how are teams going to target him? How are teams going to draw him away from the basket and, and eat the magic up on the, on, on the boards? Whereas I, I see Yusuf Nurkic as that bigger physical presence, that, that guy who can, you know, Knock someone, knock someone over to be frank. Cause sometimes in the playoffs, yeah, I mean, you knock huge, somebody over. You need to be tough. He is, he is and, huge. And he's a and big that dude. helps. Um, that helps. And yeah. he could guard and beat if that's like the thing you need to do. I, I kind of think I would rather have the idea of Wendell Carter in the playoffs just because of the switchability. I think a little more versatility on defense, yeah. the physicality matters. And if he doesn't, if the shooting isn't there always, you know, like if he isn't a consistent shooter, he's, he could shoot and pass a little bit. Like he's got skills. Um, I, I think the I think I would I think I, I I understand your concerns, but I'd almost rather bank on his a better switchability than just the bruiser of of Nurk. But I think that shows you the differences in sort of like watching a guy up close and what you prefer. Exactly, and, and but to that point, 
we don't know what Wendell Carter looks like in a playoff series yet. Right. And so right. like, right. I, I often, I've often told like magic fans, like who've asked me about this, like, Hey, the Ma you know, cause a lot of magic, there's been a few magic fans, certainly been a few national media people pitching at Deandre Ayton trade. And I'll be like, you know, Wendell Carter might be an issue, but that's an issue we can worry about two, three years from now. That's not an issue we have to worry about today. The issues that the magic need to worry about are kind of adding those secondary pieces, adding some depth, and then figuring out what isn't working in the playoffs. Because if Wendell Carter doesn't, you know, if Wendell Carter holds his own but isn't perfect in the playoffs, then you can say, okay, this is where we need to upgrade. This is our weak spot for our team to develop in the postseason, even if he plays well, even if he falls short. This is where we know we need to improve. And, and, and the problem with the Magic right now is they don't actually know what they need quite yet. They know they need shooting. That's that's about the only shooting in depth. That's really the only thing this team knows it needs right now. Yeah. That, so I guess you rejecting the trade outright is going to make it hard for me to also ask for that 2025 Nuggets pick. Also, I'm not I'm not going to be able to snag that. I'm not going to be able to snag another one in there. I can't listen. What if it's what if it's Scoot? Does that change it? Scoot Scoot changes it a little bit. Um, I, I definitely think a little bit harder if it's Scoot, but to, to the same point, like it, look, if the Magic are drafting second or third, you don't think too much about it. If if if, if you're keeping the pick, you're you're taking those players. But Scoot to me, if you think he's better than Markel Fultz, you do the deal. Like you 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 move Markel Fultz on, you you do the, you do the deal, or you keep them both together and we let Markel train Scoot, and then Scoot eventually takes over, or or, or whatever the case is. But the same point that I have about Wendell, I have about Markel. We don't know what playoff Markel Fultz looks like. We don't know if the shooting problems that he has or the way teams defend him, defend his shot, we don't know how that changes in the playoffs or whether Markel can make up for that in the playoffs. And so, like, honestly, like, so much of, like, the core guys from Magic, I'm very skeptical the Magic are going to do anything, like, major this offseason because I think they want to see whether how their core guys respond to having some winning expectation making the play in tournament, making the playoffs and seeing where teams attack them and, and what they actually need to improve. Well, Blazer fans, I tried. I tried, y'all. Don't Sorry. listen. They blow me up sometimes in the comments that I don't negotiate hard enough on the Blazers' behalf because I don't. But um, <laughs> mainly because I don't. There's something there. I'm not going to deny that there's but, something there. Yeah, I think it's I, a trade. Like the Carter used Nurkic trade, there's something there. I just don't think now is the time. Yeah, so keep I mean, the phone I don't number. Think, we'll talk later. Yeah, I don't think Nurk is sexy enough. Like Nurk is the Blazers are getting off Nurk in this trade. What is what this is? Is yeah. they're saying we we think Carter's upside is better. Three is such a nice pick. This is such like this is such an opportunity. How many how many chances do you get to be in the you know to get one of the three best players in your draft class? If you're the Magic, way too many. But like they've also had a lot of eighth picks. So it's like you know it's a lot of sixes. Yeah, <laughs> a ton of sixes. Right, like five. Yeah. Um, Isaac Bamba in the last, yeah, last like, it, five years. Yeah. So it's like, you know, and they're kind of still searching for it. Like Jalen Suggs looks like an NBA player, but he can't shoot, but he's a, a pretty good defender. Cole Anthony is the opposite, right? He can only score and shoots every time he touches the ball, but he's not, what else does he do? It's like, they're kind of, they still need some help there. So I think you, the, like the, the pitch is that, listen, three is, this is your chance at real talent, but I can understand being like, I don't know. Wendell might just—he's like might—he might be better than Nurk today, and he certainly—we feel like he's going to be better than Nurk in two years, and he's younger and cheaper in two years. So, like, why not? I—I—I I, I hear it. Uh, okay, when we were setting up this show, <laughs> I have to ask. Yeah, when we ask. were setting up the when we were setting up this show, I, I said, I said, Phil, do you want to do you want to come on? Do you want to talk about this trade? This kind of floating around. He said, Yeah, yeah, I do. But can I pitch this? Can I ask you about Damian Lillard trade? 
So let's do that in the third segment. Let's talk Damian Lillard. Join us there, won't you? Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. Still chatting here with Phil Brosman Reich, host of Locked On Magic. All right. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Listen. Here, here, here's let me, the let me t- preface here. this. I, I was I, before the Locked On Network. I was in your shoes, or you know, early mid early mid Twitter NBA Twitter with Dwight Howard. I I get it. It's annoying being pitched and and having every team kind of lining up like chomping at the bit. Um, but and I'm and I'm gonna sit here and say like I don't have a specific pitch in mind. Um, no, I'll, and, and, I'll, I'll I'll throw it back at you. I got you. Okay. Um, I mean, I'll, so- I'll I'll probably come up with one too, but. But like, I, I don't, I want to preface this by saying this. Like I said, I don't think the Magic are going to make like a crazy big move. Like you mentioned earlier, Dame, Dame doesn't want to be nurturing young guys. He wants to win championships. He's, he's the Kevin Garnett of this generation. He loves Portland. I love that he loves Portland. I love Dame. Dame is one of my favorite players in the league. I love him as a person. I love him as a player. I love everything about him. Um, I get the loyalty and I get that winning matters most. And he's only going to leave Portland for, a, a chance that that that's clearly going to help him win, and I don't think the Magic are re- are necessarily ready for that kind of an all-in trade yet. They don't have the pieces yet. They don't have the ability to trade all the assets away and still have something left in reserve. Right. Like to to get Dame, I imagine you're asking for six eleven, the Nuggets twenty five, Magic twenty, Magic twenty four, like bunch of picks because you're restarting. Probably Franz Wagner, which I hundred percent. So I would I would say that. Um, let me add some context and then I'll, I, cause you okay. almost nailed it. Right. Um, yeah. so the Blazers aren't going to trade Dame. They don't want to, that's not what they want to do. That is not what the franchise wants to do. The reason that they would, the reason that we'd get there this summer is because they go into the draft and they do what I've been doing is they've been calling up Brooklyn and they'd call Toronto and they'd call Orlando and everyone like these dang locked on hosts would be like, nah, I don't want to do it. I don't want, and, and then the Blazers start saying, okay, well to make a trade happen, our value on our end stinks and we are overpaying and we don't want to do like that's we are getting to the organizational malpractice part of the of trade of trade talks we just got to take 3 we just got to make we got to make a selection at 3 we got to add Brandon Miller it's so much more valuable to have Brandon Miller on the roster than it is to to uh, to like make make some deal for a vet and Damian Lillard says i thought i i thought we talked about this i thought we talked about this that route is not my route and that means his route is out of town. That that's kind of just the way it is. I don't. There is like a middle ground here where they make a minor trade. They add a rookie. They kind of like they they perfectly thread the needle and Dame's happy and all that. It just doesn't seem like Dame has Dame has been so clear about his wishes that I feel like the threading the needle has gotten significantly more challenging. Uh, so now they find themselves in this weird place where. I also don't, I just like, with all due respect to the city, beautiful. No. They wouldn't trade him to the magic. They would, cause he wouldn't, they, they wouldn't trade him to the magic because he, he would say, okay, I want to go to, I want to go somewhere I can win. And they're like, well, they're not ready. Uh, yeah. Like, well, let's, they were, they'll say, you know, they were 29 and 28 in their final 57 games. <laughs> like, so Look, they got they got the rookie of the year. They got you yeah. know Palo's Palo's really good. I mean, I, yeah. I'm, I'm, you guys saw him. I think he had a big game. I think he had a big game um, in the in the win in Portland uh, earlier this year uh, or or la- last. I'm a Carolina guess, guy. I'm, I'm a, a, I'm, a Palo, I'm I've, I've seen Palo. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Like they 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 like 
I, the only reason I broached the subject, at least for my Magic fans, is to say, to have you say like they're not ready to win. A star like them, a star like Dame, isn't going to demand a trade to Orlando yet. But Orlando is starting to marshal those pieces together. You know, as long as they got Paolo and Paolo continues to develop the way we think he's going to develop, I'm big on saying like, look, the Magic need to resign Markel Fultz and Cole Anthony this offseason. Take care of them now because the salary slot's what's important. Jonathan Isaac isn't a $17 million player who's sitting on the bench. He's a $17 million salary that you can move in a trade. That's the set, like the way, the way, especially for markets like Orlando and Portland, the way you make moves is by salary slots, is by making trades. And Portland, you know, Portland's in a very similar situ- situation, albeit with a star that is handling it much healthier than that Orlando was back in 20 and 2012 with Dwight Howard, where, you know, Howard, you know, the team had clearly kind of run its course. Right. The coach was straining on everybody. They, frankly, wasted their assets, um, made bad trades, and they got themselves stuck, and they couldn't get back into contention. And Dwight Howard, at that time, as crazy it might sound today, was a player that made you a contender no matter what. And and Dame is that level of player still, where you're, you matter because he's there. And he wants to matter in the bigger picture. And, and obviously, you got to do something. You know, Obviously, that, that player's going to look around and say, like, I can't carry this team. I've carried this team as far as I can go to achieve the goals that I want, I might have to go somewhere else. And that's a difficult place to be stuck. You know, to, to you know, talking about the draft pick that, you know, that reminds me of another bad, sad day in magic history. Uh, when the magic drafted Dwight Howard in 2004, Tracy McGrady was dead set on saying, take a Mecca Okafor. If you're going to use the pick, take a Mecca Okafor. I take want the, the sure thing. I'm not, yeah. I'm not waiting on an 18 year old to grow, to grow up. And to the magic's credit, they, you know, I don't think they called his bluff. I think they'd already decided to trade T Mac at that point. But they took Dwight Howard, and that was 100% the right decision. I think about it every day about what if Dwight, what if Trace McGrady had said, okay, I'll give this kid a chance. You know, you, you know, could have waited two, two years. Maybe his back would have still given out the way it had. And who knows what would have happened. But, you know, these stars have very limited time. Dame, Dame certainly has very limited time. Like I said, he's this generation's Kevin Garnett. Father time is ticking on him, and, and he knows it. And if he wants to win a championship – you know, he, he doesn't have time to wait for a team like Orlando to grow up, even if he would help them grow up quicker. Okay. Uh, Damian Lord has two kids or three kids, excuse me, three kids, three kids. Uh, they're all under five. I believe. I don't know how, I don't know how old Dame Jr. is, but let's say they're all under five. They love, they love Disney. They want to, they want to get, they, and they're, they've been, they're like Disneyland's fine. But Disney world. is just, it's just better. It's just better you got Epcot. It's just like, you know, we just, we just, we want to move to Florida. Turns out Dame is a secret Disney adult. He's, you know, he's whatever the, I don't even, I don't even know the Disney adult stuff. Disney he's adult into is it. the correct term. Uh, he's into it. And he says, I want to go to Orlando. Does a deal, I mean, like just, just yes or no. Six, 11, the Magic's 2024 pick and the Magic's 2027 pick and Franz Wagner and like Gary Harris and whoever to make the money work. Are you smashing the yes button for picks and Franz for, for Damian Lillard? If, if Dame is all on board with it, I, I think, I think you have to do it. Like Dame, I mean, I'd have to check the finances again, you know, cause you know, maybe, maybe, you, maybe you say, you know, instead of giving up Gary Harris, 
would you take a Jonathan Isaac? His contract is non-guaranteed for the season. You can, you can, you know, you're rebuilding anyway. So I think when you, you trade can, for him though, he's, it gets guaranteed. I think that's how that works. And maybe does. I'm not hundred percent okay. sure, but I'm pretty sure if you trade, but he's got one year left on the deal. Right, you're rebuilding right. so, anyway, money, money, when you're rebuilding money means nothing. Those, right. You actually, but bad contracts are fine. Yeah. Bad contracts yeah. are fine. As you long as you bad stay below contracts, You say, give me, Kicking, kicking an extra first, kicking, you know, kicking a lottery protected first. We'll, well take that's that why off. I want that. I want that 2027 pick. It's like, yeah. how long, how long until they're bad? You know, it's like, it, um, it, honestly, like if a deal, if a deal like that came around, you have to stop because Dame is that level of player. And you have to say, you have to start doing the next, you know, without having the full terms of the deal, you have to start thinking, okay, okay we have this deal in place. What does that, what avenues does that open up for us in free agency? Because if the magic, you know, Dame's obviously making 30 some odd million dollars. And so, you know, if the magic this year, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if the magic can send out about equal money, they still have $23 million in cap room. They can still go after guys to fill in their roster. Because like I said, the biggest problem for the magic right now is just a lack of depth. They, they, right. If they're going after Dame Lillard, they can't be banking on Caleb Houston being the backup three and saying like Caleb's, Caleb's ready to go when he was, a rookie last year, clearly a second round pick, the youngest player in last year's draft. That's that's not going to work. You do that. You do the deal because it's Dame Lillard. If he wants to be in Orlando, there's so few players that want to be in Orlando. You know, for whatever you know, for whatever reason. I love Orlando. I think people should move here. I understand why people people don't. I understand why stars don't necessarily think of Orlando that way. But if you have a star a star of that level that wants to be in Orlando, if he's willing to give you one year to get get the chessboard rearranged for him you'll be in a position to, to, to win games very, very quickly. And if you think, again, it all hinges on, do you think Paolo Bancaro is ready to be that guy? And if he's ready right. to be that How guy. How quickly can he be the second best player on a really good team? Right. I agree. Yes, Agreed. Exactly. And, and from there, how quickly can he be the best player on a really good team? Right. It's like, how exactly. quickly can you say, he's okay, gonna, Dame- I mean, you're going to, you're going to be managing. I mean, Dame's, Dame's, Dame's over 30. You're going to be managing his minutes a little bit, managing his time. He's, you're going to give him designated days to, to sit so he can be ready for the playoffs when things really matter. Yeah. Okay. Well, we did it. Um, Phil rejected my trade for three and do, traded for Damian Lillard. It's a perfect podcast. They did it. We did it. Um, yeah, th- this is a bunch of fun. I think I, I like doing these. And uh, for my listeners, uh, if you haven't listened, go back in the feed, listen to the one about Mikhail Bridges, listen to the one I did about Pascal Siakam. It's really good to get a sense of sort of what other fan bases, what other what uh, trades happen because of money and because of cycles and team building. And I think it's a good sense to talk to other folks who cover the team closely to get a good sense. And I, and Phil does a great job. So, Hey, thanks so much for joining us. It was, it was a whole bunch of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Mike, I appreciate, appreciate you having you on. You, you learn about your own team when you, when you start thinking about thinking about trades and transactions. So these don't, these ex, I always, I always say when I'm talking about fake trades, the fake trade doesn't matter as much as the why of the fake trade. Like why 100%. would you do this? What is, what is the thought process behind it? And that's, that's what matters at this stage is like, okay, what are you actually thinking? Here? There we go. I'm glad we, I'm glad we're helping people get the why come back and listen tomorrow. It's what we do five days a week. Tell your friends about the show. Tell them to get it wherever they get podcasts and also on YouTube. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.